0: You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, we've been in a um, series we started last week that's leading us all the way up to the move into our new venue that we've entitled Aftermath, okay? And what we're looking at together is what took place after the resurrection. Like, what, what took place after... Easter, and I think it's so interesting because so many of us know a lot of the events, or a lot of us know the events that led up to Easter, right? We know about the, the triumphal entry. Maybe we know about the Garden of Gethsemane. We know about the Last Supper. We know about the crucifixion. Hey, we even know about the resurrection. But what I realize is that not a lot of us actually know about what happened after the resurrection. And what's interesting is that when you look at the Gospels, All the gospel writers, when it comes to the resurrection, actually give more attention. They give more bandwidth in their writing to what took place after the resurrection than the resurrection itself. Like they pay attention to what Jesus did after he rose again. It's not like the gospels go and then Jesus rose. They go on to tell us that Jesus for 40 days met with different disciples at different times and different places within their life. And Jesus started revealing himself to his disciples for 40 days. And what we're learning together, friends, is that you and I live in this thing called the after, after the resurrection. You see, Jesus was soon going to ascend to heaven. And in that ascension, right before he ascends, he was going to give his disciples the great commission, the great commandment. Soon his disciples would be going and bringing the gospel to all the world. They're going to be turning the world upside down. Soon Jesus would be ascending to heaven and sending his spirit to, to fill and empower the church to go do all the things that Jesus had called them to do. Do you remember when they were with Jesus one day, Jesus said, you see the works I'm doing? Like, yeah, Jesus, we see everything you're doing. And Jesus said, Well, someday you will do greater works than these. What was Jesus talking about? He was talking about this day where they wouldn't just do greater in, in, in magnitude, but greater in, in breadth and in, in capacity. There's now more people running around filled with the Spirit of God to do the works of God. Does that make sense, everybody? Jesus is looking forward to that day. But to get him to that day, he's got to meet him here in this day. What's going on here in this day? Well, in this day, they're hurting. and this day, they're confused. and this day, they're lost. and this day, I mean, they're after the resurrection or after the, after the death of Jesus. They don't know that Jesus has risen again, and they're hurting, and they're broken. And so Jesus is now going around to his disciples, and he's, he's showing himself to each of them. And here's what I want you to see in this series that we're in today is that, listen to me, friends, that Jesus was meeting with people then after his resurrection, and I'm telling you, he still meets with people today. Like he still meets with people today. And you wonder, well, who does Jesus meet with? Who does he go to? Now, now put, your, put yourself in, in, the, in the shoes of Jesus for a second. He's, he's got 40 days. Someone say 40 days. That's not a lot of days. 40 days to show that he's risen again. 40 days to show that he's conquered... The, death 40 days to show that he's conquered the grave 40 days to to show that he's risen again and he has taken down the very thing that 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 man has never been able to do on their own the, the the greatest threat to humanity death jesus has conquered it he's got 40 days so the question is what does he do who does he go to does he go to the masses does he go to the kings like what would you do does he go to his does he go to his uh, to his influencer friends on TikTok hey could you maybe Throw me out a little little shout out. What does Jesus do? Pay attention to who Jesus goes to. Because it shows us who he still goes to today. And who was the very first person that Jesus went to after the resurrection? Last week I talked to you about the road to Emmaus. But I want to rewind to the very first person Jesus actually went to. And the very first person that Jesus actually reveals himself to is a woman by the name of Mary. Mary, who is deeply hurting. And what I want you to see in this today is that today, Jesus still meets with people who are deeply hurting. In John chapter 20, starting in verse 10, it says, or starting in verse, yeah, 10, it says that the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. The disciples had just come to the to the tomb because Mary had declared that that she couldn't find Jesus there and so Peter and John run over to the tomb and it tells us John John make sure you know that he ran faster than Peter he got there first right and they get there they look in the tomb and Jesus is not there and they now run off and Mary is left by herself and it tells us that Mary was standing there and Mary was weeping She's heartbroken. The disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she bent down and looked into the tomb. And when she bent down, she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and the other at the foot. And it says, they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? They asked. Notice, friends, this, that heaven pays attention to the hurt of Mary. Like heaven sees her hurt. Like heaven is like like drawn to her hurt. Mary's heartbroken in this moment. And I want to speak to every single person in here today who deep down in your soul, you've got a wound. You've got hurt. There's something broken inside of you that maybe no one else sitting around you even knows about. There's, there's a deep pain inside that no one else even sees. Matter of fact, I, w- I want to remind you today that so many people are fighting battles that you know nothing about. And some of you today are carrying deep hurt and, and, and deep pain. Maybe it's something with your kids or, or your marriage, something in your emotions, your own physical health. Mary is in a spot like that. She's broken and she's hurting. She's weeping because in Mary's case, she felt like she had lost everything. She was just walking with Jesus. Life was good. Jesus had forgiven her of so much and healed her of so much. He'd done so much, but now he'd been crucified. He'd died and it felt like for Mary, the rug had been pulled out from underneath her. Life had thrown her a huge curveball. You ever felt like that? Like, you just thought, like, this is how it was going to be forever. Things were just going to keep going good like this. And you had some hope and some dream and some, some vision invested into this thing in your life. And then all of a sudden, the rug just gets pulled out from underneath you. All of a sudden, there's, there's, there's a curveball thrown at you and you get hit with the, the unexpected. That's where Mary's at today. I don't know what it is for you, but when that happens, it causes deep pain. I mean, you can imagine as a pastor how many situations I've walked with people through in deep, deep pain. And it often is that kind of curveball. I didn't see this coming, whether it's the loss of a job or all the way to the other extreme where there's the loss of a child. I've, I've walked with parents through that. And you're sitting there in that deep pain and that deep hurt and like Mary, broken. But here's what I want you to see, friends, is that, Heaven is drawn to the fact that her soul is hurting. It's brought up multiple times here in scripture. She was there weeping. They they saw her weeping. Woman, why are you weeping? Listen, I need you to understand this, is that when you cry, heaven notices. Like heaven sees your sorrow. Heaven sees your pain. And and you might not think so. Sometimes you're hurting so bad, you don't even notice that heaven is right there with you. Matter of fact, for Mary, when she's, she says, they say, why are you weeping? She says, because you've taken the Lord away. She says, and I don't know where you've put him. And I think one of the angels probably postured over at Mary, like, Mary, turn around. Mary, when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize even that it was Jesus. And I think sometimes in our pain and our hurt, we don't realize that Jesus is actually closer than you realize, that he hasn't left you, that he is with you, that he's in the mix of everything that's going on in your life. Matter of fact, I need you to understand this. There's something about brokenness that heaven is attracted to. There's a promise to you when you're in that place that I always want you to remember, whether you're in that place right now, there's something coming up in your future. Whenever you find yourself in that place, you need to remember Psalm 34 verse 18. And here's what it says. It says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. There's There's a nearness of God to those who are brokenhearted. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those. Maybe this is you today. You feel like you are crushed in spirit. God says, I am close to those who are brokenhearted and I will save those who are crushed in spirit. And I need you to understand that today, that when it feels like you're in the darkest place of your soul, when it feels like you're in the deepest sorrow, there's something about that brokenness that attracts the very presence of Jesus into that moment. That's truth, friends. Whether you, like Mary, recognize it or not, Jesus is there. And so here's what I wanna challenge you with is that Jesus isn't as far away as you think. You just need to look for him. You just need to be open. Like, like, even now, if today you would just look for him, I promise you, listen, you'll find him. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He he hasn't turned his eyes from you. Matter of fact, his eyes are on you. His presence is with you. And he actually wants to meet you in your pain and walk with you from your pain and into everything that he actually has for your life. He's with you today. Come on. He will never leave you or forsake you, church. Come on, amen. Are you with me? Like, who does Jesus go to? Jesus scans the entirety of the world and he goes, Where's the broken? Where's the hurting? Where's those that are crushed in spirit? Because that's who I'm going to go and reveal myself to. And I want you to take comfort in that. But I also want you to take comfort in this. He's going to meet you where you are. But God actually wants to lead you. Watch. Lead you from where you are. He, he wants to lead you forward. Watch, watch what happens with, with Mary. She, Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? Jesus asks. Remember, she doesn't even know it's Jesus yet. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And thinking that it was the gardener, she said, that's, I think that's funny. She's like, it must be, I, I think her eyes are all welled up. She's just so trapped in her pain. She doesn't even see Jesus. Sir, if you've carried him off, tell me where you've put him and I'll, I'll go get him. And Jesus says to her, Mary, and she turned to him and in Hebrew said, Rabboni, which means teacher. When Jesus said her name, she realized it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And then here's what Mary does. I'm going to give you the next line. Before I give you the next line, I need you to understand what I think Mary did. Mary I think goes into Jesus with a full on ninja like I am not letting you go kind of grip and grabs onto his grabs onto his knees it's how and she's just holding on and she's got like this this grip on Jesus she she she's just all her strength and all her mind, she's holding on she's crying and Jesus you're here with me you're here with me and then Jesus says something really interesting doesn't he He says Mary don't cling to me Jesus said, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go and tell my brothers that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. What's happening in this moment? Watch, listen. Jesus will meet you in your pain, but what he ultimately is going to do is lead you forward from your pain into what he has for you next. Come on. God always has a next. He wants to lead you forward. Mary, don't cling to me. In other words, Mary... I want you not only to hold onto the fact that I'm with you today, but I want you to understand I've got greater things for you tomorrow. You don't have to get stuck in today. There is a dawning of a new horizon ahead of you. And and Mary, I'm going to get you there. Mary, I'm going to lead you there. And I want to talk to every single one of you who find yourself hurting today. God will meet you in the pain, but he's going to lead you into new horizons. You will tell yourself when you're in that pain, you say, maybe there's, I'm never going to see sun again. Maybe, maybe I'm never going to smile again. Maybe I'm never going to hope again. Maybe I'll never get out of, maybe this is just me forever hurting here in the shadows and Psalm 23 says this to you yea though I walk through through the valley of the shadow of death oh I know when you're in the valley of the shadow of death it feels like this is all there is and there will never be light again but the great shepherd that meets you there meets you there to lead you through there sure you might get to the other side of it and have a scar you might get to the other side of it and, and, and be carrying some things that were put on you in those moments. But I need you to hear that God never wastes pain. Yeah. That your, star, your scar is gonna become a story that you're gonna tell of how faithful your God is, how good your God is, how God can use everything to bring about his glory. If, come on, you let him and you lean in, God can tell some stories He doesn't waste pain. He's gonna lead you through to the other side. Jesus was actually pointing forward to a day when he would ascend to heaven and send his spirit. He's pointing to his ascension, the day coming where, watch, she wouldn't just merely experience his physical presence. Don't cling to me, Mary. My physical presence, but by his spirit would experience his empowering presence Mary, you're trying to hold on to my physical presence. But Jesus was, what the church needs is my empowering presence. And Jesus was pointed to the day where he would ascend to heaven and he'd send his spirit and he would fulfill what's spoken of in John 16, 7, where Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I'm going to send him to you. And he's the helper. You're going to be so much better for this, right? He's going to help you. And so I, you got to let me. I got to go. Don't cling to this moment. I've got more for you in the future, Mary. And so to every one of you who are brokenhearted and in pain, God says, listen, we're not done. There's still more that I'm going to be doing. Oh, and by the way, Mary, there's still more you're going to be doing. I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending you to the disciples. You got a job. You see, there's, there's something I'm gonna commission you to do. And and I think sometimes when we're in our pain, we get so stuck in it. We, we, and, we, and I'm trying to be very, I wanna be gentle in this. I know we sit in this and it takes time and you need to grieve and you need to walk through it and, and please do that. But in your grief, listen, don't cling. Don't get stuck just staying there. Let Jesus lead you forward from there. Resist, listen, the temptation to cling to what maybe you think should happen or should have happened, but to cling to what, what, how I want it to go now. And, and here's what you need to do is that you release yourself to what God wants to do now, Amen. to what he sees now, to the story he's going to tell now that. Come on, you get yourself into a now that. Yeah. He's not done writing Do you believe it? He's still telling a story. So why don't you yield yourself to the story he wants to tell now that Mary, Mary, don't cling, open yourself up to what I have. So what I want you to see, friends, in the resurrection, and still happens today, is that Jesus, he meets with people who are in pain. He's close to people who are in pain. But not only does he meet with people who are in pain, can, can I show you one more? He meets with people who are in pain today, but he also meets with people who are doubting today. You know, the next person that that Jesus goes to meet with, his name's Thomas. You probably know him as doubting poor guy. Look, I mean, he, he, doubts, he doubts God one time. And that's his whole life is marked with doubting Thomas. Can you can you imagine if your life was marked by your one moment of like of failure, your one dumb thing, right? Maybe that's where lazy Susan came from, right? Like, it's like, like, can you imagine if that was your life? This poor guy, Thomas, he's marked by this, but I, I want you to see the story of Thomas, you see, because Jesus meets with people who are doubting just like Thomas today. And, and in John chapter 20, verse 24, it tells us that Thomas called Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. You see, there's this moment where Jesus showed up to all the other disciples and Thomas wasn't there. Now, why was Thomas not there? Well, I think it's safe to say, based on what we're about to read about Thomas, because he says, I won't believe unless, what we're about to read about Thomas, that Thomas wasn't there, come on everybody, because he checked out. I mean, he lost hope. Things didn't go the way he thought it was gonna go. He thought he was gonna follow Jesus into into an overthrow of Rome, that he would be in a new situation. It didn't go the way, situation he thought, and, and it didn't go the way he wanted. And so he's like, I'm checked out. I'm done. He Listen, he lost hope and he gave up. And I just think that maybe there are some of us in here today who we are finding ourselves in this very same place. You've walked through some things. You've been through some things in the last year, couple of years. Things haven't gone the way you thought they would think. And you're in this spot where you're just losing hope. You're kind of giving up just like Thomas. And what happens is when you lose hope, you start. Listen, come on. You start to doubt. Here's how it works. Watch. What is doubting? That when you doubt something, it means I'm just not confident. I'm just not. Com- I'm just not confident. I'm just. And what was it that Thomas was doubting? Specifically, he was doubting the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus could rise again. And there's some of you who are doubting that very thing you're doubting that Jesus actually has power over the grave, just like Thomas was doubting. And so because you're doubting that Jesus has power over death, you're, you're actually doubting that Jesus has power over anything in my life. You're in here going, well, I don't even know, because, because I've lost hope with all of it. Now I'm doubting, can, can he even work in this marriage? Can, can Jesus even work? Can Jesus ever actually deliver me from this addiction I have found myself in? Can Jesus ever actually lead me forward from all this stuff I've messed up in life, this mess I've made? Like, am I ever gonna be delivered from this? Is there any good that can come out of this? And you find yourself like Thomas and you're doubting everything. You're like a doubting Thomas today. I just wonder, I wonder what you're doubting. I wonder if you're doubting if the relationship with your kids could ever be restored. I wonder if you tell yourself that you're too far gone, that things will never change. I was just born this way. You might have been born into a family that's been going that way, but I want to introduce you to a Jesus who could lead you into a new way. Like, friends, listen, you've got to understand, you'll find yourself doubting because the enemy will whisper to you all the time doubts. Come on, how many of you have ever dreamed about something you want to see God do in your family or with your life? Or The very first thing that's going to happen is you're going to dream and the enemy's going to knock on your door and go, I doubt it. <laughs> look at you. Look at your past. Look at what you've done. Look at the decisions you've made. And start to, where are you doubting? Some of you are doubting that there's still purpose for your life. Some of you feel like today, come on, you feel like you've messed things up so bad, that you, you've made so many bad decisions, you've hurt so many people. Now you feel like you, you've just wasted so much time, you've made, that, how can God utilize the rest of the time I have because I've already wasted so much, time. come on, you're just doubting that there's an even purpose on your life today. And I want you to understand this, what we learned from Thomas, is that in the middle of all of your doubt, maybe some of you are doubting whether or not God is even good. Does God even exist? Let's be real. So does God even exist? I want you to understand to all the doubters that God's not afraid of your doubt. That Jesus actually comes to meet with you in the midst of your doubt. Jesus doesn't run from doubters. He runs toward doubters. And so Thomas, it says eight days later, they're in the house and the disciples were once again inside, they got the doors locked. Thomas is now with them. I need you to notice that. Thomas is like, he's, he's taking some steps forward, right? He's with them and Jesus came and stood amongst them and the, the, the doors are locked and everything. Now Jesus is standing amongst them. So that makes the next line very important. Peace be with you, Jesus said. They were all freaking out, right? And Jesus turns to Thomas and says this, watch. He says, Thomas, put your fingers here. Take a look at my hands and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side, the spot where the spear was put. Stop doubting, he says, and believe. Thomas replied, without even, like, Thomas replies and he says, my Lord and my God. What does this tell me? That Jesus is not afraid of your doubt. He'll meet you in the middle of your doubt. He comes to you right in the mix of it. And what does he say when he gets to Thomas in the middle of his doubt? Really, Thomas? Really? I poured into you for three years, I disciple you for three years, and this is what I get? Gosh. I mean, really, Thomas? After all I've done for you, you can't just, you can't just believe in me? I, I think some of you, you feel like that. Like, God, like even, even people in the church sometimes are like, really? You don't get this. You don't see this. You're not as far as long as I am. Like, really? But I want you to understand, that's not the heart of Jesus. Jesus doesn't meet you with, really? He meets you with, where are you? Let I me mean, come sit beside you there in that brokenness. Let I me mean, come sit beside you there in, in, in that doubt. And notice what he does Says he meets with them at the moment of his doubt, at his point of his doubt, and he asks him, he says, Thomas, I'm taking a step toward you. Now watch everybody, come on. He says, but I need you to take a step toward me. I need you, what do you say? Reach out. He says, Stop doubting and believe. Thomas, I'm gonna take a step toward you, but if you're ever gonna get out of your doubt, I need you to take a step toward me. See, God will meet you in your doubt. He'll meet you wherever you are. He's not afraid of, of what you might be doubting today or what you're wondering, or if you believe in God, you don't believe in God. He's not afraid of where you are. He's gonna meet you where you are, but here's what we are gonna do, watch. He's like, I'm gonna ask you to take a step toward me. We're gonna move forward from there. I don't know where you've lost hope or what you might be doubting, but here's what I know is that God is, he's come to you with a step that's gonna lead you out of your doubt. Now watch, come on, go back. Grab hold of that thing that you've been doubting. I doubt this purpose on my life. I doubt that God actually loves me. I doubt that God can actually forgive me. I doubt, I doubt, I doubt. What is it I doubt? I I, I doubt that God could ever work in this marriage. I, I, I doubt that I'm ever gonna have a relationship with my kids again. I doubt, fill in the blank. Come on, fill in the blank. You filled in the blank? Fill in the blank with all the doubt. Just try it. Throw your biggest doubts at God. And here's what God says. I'm gonna meet you right there. Now watch. I'm gonna ask you to take a step forward from there in faith. Faith is a step into the unknown. It's a step into, it's, it's, it's a, it's a leaning into God in the middle of things I don't even understand. It's, well, maybe for some of you, it's, I mean, you just got to keep coming back to church. I don't even believe in God. Well, if you take a step and you just keep coming back to church and you just come keep getting around church, I, I think that God's gonna actually start doing something. But look, I just need you to, God would say, just take a step. You see, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey from where you are and into all that he has. So like, what does that look like for you? What's your step? Maybe it's a phone call. I'm never gonna have a relationship with the kids. And... Maybe it's a, an apology. And I think a lot of times we know the step that God's asking us to take, but we don't want to take the step he's asking us to take because the step he's asking us to take, it doesn't make sense to us. It's not glamorous. It doesn't, it's hard sometimes. It's hard to make that call when we haven't talked in so long. It's hard to to humble myself when, but he's going to ask you to take a step. Now, here's what I know is that when you take the step, what's your step? He'll meet you in that step. Some of you are going to say this, well, I'll take the step if I can see what he's going to do with the step. I'll take the step once I see. No, God says, you'll see once you step. So it's called a walk of faith, right? Right? And we walk by faith, not by sight. I want to see it all. But Jesus says, no, I'm not going to let you see it all. I'm going to let you see that. It's just the next step. Keep coming back to church. God, you're never going to work in my marriage. <sighs> maybe we should. Maybe we should call the pastors of the church and get prayer. Maybe step into some counseling. We've never really done that before. Maybe we should. Maybe God, what is it? What is that step? What I want you to understand that it's, it's a journey. So to all you doubters and anyone who's doubting, you got to understand it's a journey. I love that about Jesus. I love that he meets people in the middle of their doubt. I think for so long, the church has postured ourself as church at large in a, spot, in a place where to doubters, it made it feel like, like you can, you're not welcome here. You're doubting, you don't belong here. Like you, you can't come here to the church and, unless, you, you can't belong here unless you believe. Or you can't belong here, maybe some of you thought, unless you behave, you gotta, you gotta believe, you gotta behave, and then maybe we'll let you in. But Jesus goes, no, 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 no. I wanna hang out with the doubters. I wanna spend time with those who are questioning it. I wanna spend time with those who, who don't have it all figured out yet. Like who does? He says, bring them all. And he says, let's come and not have it all figured out. Let's just come and commit ourselves to taking steps. Let's just come and commit ourselves to being on a journey and taking steps forward from where I am and into everything he has for me. Let's just commit to that. And so I just want to say to every one of you who are doubting, whoever, every one of you who are, are wondering, you can always belong here even before you believe. Like just come, keep, just come get around it. Like you, you've heard me often give the one year challenge where I'll say, just give us a year. What am I doing? I'm inviting you on a journey because here's what I know is it won't take a year. You'll come in, you, I said, give us a year, just get involved, just show up to cruise, and just keep coming to church. Here's what I know is that as you come in, as you take those steps, God's gonna meet you in the steps, reveal himself to you in that step and then you're gonna take another step and pretty soon you're gonna look up and, and months from now and go, my life, my life is in a place I never thought it would be and how did I, how did I what? I know how you got there. It's because you just let Jesus meet you here and step to there, and step to there. Thomas, come on, he says. So it's a journey, everybody. And it's not just a journey for those who are doubting whether Jesus loves them or not, or doubting whether he actually uh, rose again, or those who are... It's not just for those who are doubting those things. It's for those who are doubting, could God, could God heal me? Could God help me? Could God deliver me? Could God work in me? Could God work through me? Could God, could God touch my marriage? Could God heal? Could, could God? There's a journey there for you, right? Where Jesus says, just come on, come on. I'll meet you in your doubt. But let's take some steps forward. I don't know about you, but I am grateful for a risen savior who still meets with people today. With anyone who's hurting in here, he's close. To anyone who's doubting in here, he's close. He'll meet you where you are, but he won't leave you where you are. He's just going to keep leading you forward. So look for him. Look for him. And follow him forward every day. You know, Sunday mornings aren't just, my desire is never just to give you like a, wow, good pep talk. Man, I want you on Monday morning to change your life. Like just different going into your week. So my prayer for you is that you would experience Jesus just ministering to you wherever you find yourself. And that as you go into to Monday, that you're just carrying the fact that he's with me on Monday. He hasn't ran from me. He's got more for me. You find yourself just filled with some hope going into this week. Your eyes are lifted. Your head is lifted. And you let Jesus just carry you forward. He will never stop meeting you. You might not recognize it, but he's right there with you. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us.